if you get real close to me, you'll recognize that I have some bags under my eyes. Um, some people don't get bags like I do. I get luggage under there. I don't know. It's just my, my makeup, you know. I don't know. It's just the way that I look. But, um, but I, am, I am tired. We're tired people who need rest. We talked about it last week. But I think we're also, in addition to being tired people who need rest, and boy, this one plagues me, I think we're also pretty distracted people that need a little bit of focus. I renovated half of my house just to get doors on my office that I could shut. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wanted the doors, and I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. And she says, we can't do that unless we do this. And I'm like, okay, we can do that. We can't do that unless we do this. And so we ended up redoing, like, like three rooms just so I could put some doors on the office. And sometimes I find myself with those doors. I finally got some peace and quiet, and I get in there, and then I waste 20, 25 minutes on my phone looking at Facebook. <laughs> Thank God for the doors that I got put in the office. Um, and I'll sit down and I'll do it. So you know how it is. Like you get a notification, you click on it. There's an article. It's got stuff at the bottom. And then normally what I never ask the question, like, you know, why did Jessica Simpson's first marriage fall apart? You know, But it's there. And I'm like, you know, I do wonder that. And then I click on it. And I'm so far down in a rabbit hole before I'm like, what am I doing? Um, usually that moment comes when Jess comes by and goes, what are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, man, I'm easily distracted. Speaking of my phone, this is pretty interesting. First of all, let me say this. Here's what a phone does that you never had before. First, we had beepers, and, and we thought those were really going to like, those were really annoying because people would always get in touch with us. Now, my phone, uh, my, my phone number is on the website for the church. It's, it's also listed. It should be taken off because we have another phone number now, but it's not. It's on the website for my business. It's on the, um, it's on the North American Missions Board website if you want to get in contact with this church planner. And then, of course, it's my personal number and all the garbage that I put it out there for, for that. And then, if that's not enough, then the actual work number on weekends and afternoons, i got to get rid of this. I don't know why we did this. It gets forwarded to my phone. <laughs> and so, like, I just get blown up with calls constantly. Everybody has access to me right where I am. Like, the whole world can, can go on and get my personal phone number and give me a call anytime. And it is a disaster for me. Um, here's something pretty interesting. Average person checks their phone 81,500 times a year about that. That's an average of every 4.3 waking minutes, the average person checks their phone. And if you think about it, that counts like, you know, looking at the time, and you look at the time, or you check the weather, and then all the other times that you're just standing there and you grab it and take a look. But about every four minutes, every four waking minutes, somebody looks at their phone. Maybe you get to work, you set it on your desk, you look over and check at it, you get a notification constantly we're looking at our phone. Um, I was at the airport. I, it made me think of this. Look, look at this picture. This is what the airport looks like now. It's like everybody, this is not the airport. This is our logo. Um, no, I'm sorry. Um, everybody at the airport used to be, you went to the airport and everybody was kind of standing there maybe reading a book, and this is what airports look like now. I don't think any, I don't think not one person was not on a device in the whole airport and I think the airport probably loves it. First, they put chairs everywhere so they could be like, come in, sit down, and shut up. <laughs> and then nobody would shut up, so then they put, all they had to do was put charging stations and all these things, and then everybody just shut up and looked down. 
And that's exactly what it looked like. And I'm the same way. You know, I race through the terminal. I race through. I try to get a good seat by the window so I can, you know, watch the planes take off. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness I can relax. Now let me see what everybody's having for dinner, you know. Just like, and, and I just, this total distraction from everything else that's happening. And I'm, I'm on my phone. I'm checking scores. I never needed to know what the score was always until I could. And then I always need to know random thoughts that I get. I always look them up. You know, what movie was this guy in? You know? Oh, huh. You know? I mean, just I just always feel like I have to look. And I can't remember. I'll put it back in my, in my pocket and just say, so what movie was it? <laughs> I can't remember. You know? Like one second later, I don't even know. But I'm just incredibly distracted. Phone email. Um, when, when Nate was on the way, it was taking a little longer than, you know, I wanted to. So I was checking some email, getting some work done. <laughs> I just can't help it. You know, I'm just so incredibly plugged in from that streaming TV and all the distraction that that creates, worry and anxiety, all the distraction from life that that creates. We're pretty distracted people. This is a pretty interesting thing. Uh, in the Middle Ages, there was this kind of torture where they would uh, take you, they would tie all your limbs off to a horse, and the horse, they have four horses, and they'd all be going in different directions, and they would, like, pull you, you know, really far. And it was this ancient form of torture. The actual name of the torture was called distraction. That's the name of the torture. And that, to me, that describes sometimes how we are, just being pulled in every single different direction. One Christian counselor, he, he, he wrote a book about you know distractions and relationships and those kind of things. He says that distractions destroy more relationships than anything else. And sometimes this distraction, the distraction of anxiety and worry based on a lot of other factors. Sometimes it's your distraction of your phone, distraction of email, distraction of overwork. And here's why he said, because for intimacy, you need a few things. If you're going to have intimacy, you're going to have a good relationship with someone, you need a few things. Number one, you need to feel like you're a priority. And nothing makes me crazier than when I'm trying to tell Jess something and she's looking at her phone. I'm like, put your phone down. I, you know, I'm trying to say something to you. And that, that, drives, me, that drives me crazy. I'm more guilty of it than she is. Um, but they need, they need to feel like they're a priority. Secondly, they need bulk amounts of time. If you feel like, like someone is bad, it doesn't mean like every moment is quality time, but they need time where you're actually together. People need that. And the other thing people need is undivided attention. And those three things are needed for intimacy. And if you don't get those things with people, and sometimes it's, it's a friend of yours, and if you don't get it, you don't think about it, maybe sometimes it's a huge loss, but you do disconnect. Sometimes it's a spouse and sometimes it's a, it's a child. But when you don't get those things, you begin to disconnect. And what all those distractions do is they keep you from making someone a priority. They keep you from giving someone time. They keep you from giving them the attention. And that pulls relationships apart. pulls our relationships on earth apart. It pulls apart our relationship with God. Exactly the same way that these relationships are nurtured, that one's the same. So we go, the only place in the Bible, at least that I know of, this could be wrong, I didn't research this idea, but I think this is right, the only place where they use the word distraction in the Bible. So it's in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As you turn there, think about this, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Right before this passage, you see the Good Samaritan. It's that story. 
So everybody's heard of the Good Samaritan and because it's just a universal principle. I would venture to say that today, as much as we need, you know, people who don't know other people being good to people, <laughs> I think that the idea of avoiding distraction is an equal need for us. So we know the story of the Good Samaritan because it's something that we know needs to happen in the world. But I would say that in today's climate where distractions are so incredibly easy, um, we need this just as bad. I had a, um, I had a, um, what kind of professor was he? Wh- whatever the people are that study people. Is that anthropology? Okay, that one. This guy was an anthropologist. He said, um, you know the number one reason why people have less children now than they used to? So some people said money, and he said, no, it's not money. Um, people actually, um, people have more, more wealth now than they ever have. So, so that's it's not money, at least not in the United States. And somebody said, well, they used to need children for work. And, um, and he said, no, that's not the case. Actually, um, people didn't have children so that they could have more workers. Um, actually, that, that created more work. Um, the more people you had to keep up, the, the bigger the farm you had to have, and it was never tit for tat. So people didn't actually have children for work. And he said, the number one pe- reason people have less children than they used to is used to be there was nothing to do after dark. <laughs> and uh, there was nothing to do after dark. And, and, and some of it has to do with, with birth control, but we're talking about choices that people make. And he said, you know, there was, there was no TV. There were not near as many distractions. And, um, and so that was, that was entertaining. And this anthropologist had done a long study about uh, this is one of the major reasons that people have less children than they used to. So there you go. We're so distracted. For me, I would call that a good distraction. I don't need more kids. I can't afford it anymore. But anyway, um, that gets a little too far. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Um, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Do you get the big idea of what's happening there? One sister is, is, is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and the other one is running around like crazy. They actually use that word again, that, that distracted word that means pulled apart. And the idea is Martha is being pulled in different directions. She wants to come be by Jesus, but she, has, she feels this obligation to make sure that everything in the house is just as it should be. And she's sort of pulled in all these different directions, and she starts to complain to Jesus. And, and I think it's funny how childish she sounds, because I'm sure I sound like this all the time. But, but it's like she says, Jesus, look, I'm cleaning, and nobody's helping me. <laughs> and, and, and she comes to Jesus, she says that. I, I think that I sound like that a lot. I, I think that, um, uh, I don't want to say that my wife sounds like that, but some do sometimes. Um, sometimes I come in, sometimes I have to preface when I'm mad about something and Jess can tell that I'm upset and I'm trying not to get into it. She says, what's wrong with you? And it's so dumb that I have to preface with, I know this is dumb, but <laughs> because like I should not be mad about this. I am worried about something that does not matter, but yet I can't let it go. You know, she says to me, she says, I, I know this is not a big deal and I know a lot of people do it, but please don't sit on the bed with your work clothes on. <laughs> 
I'd be like, all I did was sit in my chair all day. It's a big deal to me. I don't want your work stink in the bedroom. Um, but yeah, just all the time, man, just nagging and worrying about things that don't matter all that much. And I think we sound a little bit like she does when we get to step on the outside and look back at it. At this point, I think a lot of husbands feel like they win because they're like, see, my wife's always worried about things that don't matter, and those things don't matter. Um, but then I think about myself, and I think about all the time Jess will say, you want to go to the playground, you know, take, take Molly to the playground? And I'm like, well, we'll miss the whole first quarter. <laughs> you know, like, and that's a big deal to me. And it's like, well, there are four of them, and there, if you multiply times 16 games, that means there are going to be 48 quarters, and can I miss one forty-eighth of the whole season? Yeah, sure, I could miss that much. But, I can't, but what if they score three times in the first quarter and the rest of the game is not really that interesting? Like, I want to be there for the part that's important. And so here I am about things that don't matter. And I'm not saying that no one should watch football because that's not ultimately important. But I mean, like, like I only get two days off, and one of them I'm cutting the grass and doing the laundry and we really try to get things done. And then we get to Sunday. Now all of us, now I'm reserving that time. And, man, if the game runs long, that's three and a half, four hours. And if the Giants play at night, I like to watch when the Giants play too. So now I'm going to get that game on. And now I've spent that whole family day. And even when I get the Giants game on, I got it on this TV and that TV, so I'm not sitting down watching it like I do the Saints game, but, you know, I'm kind of watching it. And I'm definitely not taking the initiative to go, you know what we ought to do? We ought to turn all the TVs off and play a board game. <laughs> and, and I find myself constantly prioritizing all the things that are incredibly distracting. Um, I, uh, I think about, oh, yeah, I read tonight, I think about hunting. My brother hunts, and sometimes I think, like, how do you find time to do that? Like, I think if my wife looked at me and said, I'm going to go spend three hours twice a week just doing nothing. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be doing nothing three hours twice a week. I need you to take care of the kids and all that stuff. There's a birthday party to go to. You go to the birthday party. I'm just going to be gone. <laughs> I think I'd be up for that, but I'd be like, you owe me for this. Like, I'm totally down for it, <laughs> but I will get this repaid somehow. Um, but here we are, so many distractions that I put so much, I, I, put, I place so much important on, but here's the reality. The distractions aren't near as important as we're making them out to be. Not near as important. And whether it's the thing, whether it's the first quarter, I could miss the first quarter all year. It wouldn't matter all that much. I wouldn't feel like I missed that much stuff. And, and, and whether it's some worry that, that's driving us crazy, whether it is our phone and the notification that we get the news right now, the distraction is just not near as important as we make them out to be. I think it's a universal truth. What if I learned the news 20 minutes later than I would have otherwise? You know what happens when something happens on Sunday and I learn about it on Monday? I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I don't feel like I missed anything. It's still great news. And, and, I'm, and I'm, it, that's exciting. Man, when they're, we won't get into politics here. When, when the Kavanaugh hearings were going on, that's when we were in the hospital. I'm like, i gotta, I got to watch this. I couldn't name one Supreme Court justice. <laughs> I can now. But look, don't judge me. There are things that you should know that you don't know. Um, if you if you named a couple, I'd be like, yeah, I know that's right. Now I know. But if you just asked me, I don't know. But this was a big deal to me, <laughs> and I don't know why it's a big deal. I saw that, that one of the uh, Babylon Bee, the little satire things, said this just in: three hundred million people died in Kavanaugh's first week. <laughs> um, but you know, we were all so worried about it, and I well, I was plugged in and I was watching it. Do I believe it to be a big deal? Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Is me plugging in and watching every moment of it, did that make any difference? No. 
You could have never told me it happened. I could have read about it today, and I would have said, well, that's good news. I mean, that's interesting, you know. I'm glad you told me about it. But I was plugged in for it because it was so important. You know what's funny to me all the time? Some of you guys drive nice cars. You may drive a really nice, you know, I have white Suburban. Anything you drive, that's, that wasn't directed at you. I just came to my mind. Uh, you may drive a really nice white Suburban, and Jess will see a white hatchback and go, oh, there's Lisa. <laughs> and I'll go, that's an old beat-up car. It's nothing like her car. But, you know, like, like we're thinking so much about how, how some things look. And, and people, somebody asked me the other day, I remember, now this was crazy. We were renovating 4th Street. We were renovating our first house. It looked terrible. Students came in and out all throughout the whole renovation. We finished it. We were living in it through it. We were having Bible study through it. Like five months later, we've re- literally changed the entire house. A student comes in and goes, has that door always been there? <laughs> we redid the whole house. And, and, and I'm so worried about how it looks. And, and nobody else is really that concerned. And the things that are distracting me and pulling all my time, we're barely even noticing. And constantly we do that kind of thing. Two years ago, I'm sure the Super Bowl was important to me. If you ask me who won the Super Bowl two years ago, I'd probably look it up. Like, I just can't remember all those things. Uh, sometimes when I'm watching Netflix and the next episode comes on, you know, they, they got smart. They shortened it from 15 seconds to five seconds before the next one comes on. And so, I, and then it comes on, and I watch it, and I'm so sleepy the next day. I finally got good at turning it off. Um, but it used to be I'd be so tired, and I'm like, was this worth it? Like, if I, the next day, I'm like, why didn't I just turn it off? You know, I took hitting lessons when I was a kid. I took lessons in the batting cage. And, uh, and, and, you know, I would skip home or miss homework to go take lessons. And you know what? I play church league softball. They throw it so softly up there I still can't hit. <laughs> but I have to read every day and do math, you know. And, and some of the things that as I think about all that's been distracting me, I come to realize with just a day of perspective how much it really doesn't matter. The greatest, I would say the greatest tool of the devil is distracting you from genuine faith with really good actions. Do I really need to pray? Do I really need to do the baptized thing? You always talk about being saved or those things important because I'm doing the service and I'm going to church. You know, do I have to do that? I'm doing a lot of good things. And the devil loves to distract with some good things. Here's the reality about distractions. This was, I read somebody said this this week. I was reading a little supplemental material. A guy says, when you say yes to a distraction, you always say no to something else. When you say yes to a distraction... Always say no to something else. And if I think that every time that I, I don't know, I watch, I, I watch this, this whole extra show for, and I'm up for an extra hour, if I had to look at Molly and say, tomorrow I'm going to be unpresent and unengaged because I'm going to be really sleepy because I stayed up two extra hours watching this cop show because I had to know how the season ended. And if I had to look at her and say that, you know, I'd be like, I'm a big jerk. <laughs> But man, but here I am saying no to her so that I can say yes to this distraction. And consistently I'm doing that. And the more that I think, the more that I think about something that I want to do and I look at her, that sometimes I'm, I'm, I really am, I'm watching the game and I realize that, that the first game went off and this is the second one I'm watching and she wants to do something and I really do have to look her in the eye. I mean, it's so much easier to cut it off. Because I'm like, man, I just can't keep letting the distractions keep me from life. Whatever the distraction, it's not near as important as you're making it out to be. Look, test this out. I've been doing this this week. I started looking at some of the sermon stuff Monday, so I started trying some of this. All right, so test it out, all right? Maybe these won't connect with you. Some of them may connect with me. Test it out. Don't check your email for an entire weekend. Anybody do that? Is that a problem for anybody? 
Okay, maybe that one's not for you. That one's for me, right? I'm, I'm on my phone, you know? Oh, look, that email came in, you know? Keep his news so I can look at it on Monday. Glad to know I got it. Um, how about this? This is an interesting, so when I saw someone else said this, don't look at your text for two hours. Two hours. Just, you know, what do you need to know that's really that important? If somebody needs you, they'll call you. Don't look at your text messages for two hours. Um, this one I've gotten fairly good at. Um, watch one hour of TV a day max. You know the average amount of screen time people spend in a week? Five hours. Five hours of screen time. That's, um, and, and, and I think that that number is going up. I was like a couple years old. But that's phone, TV, computer. And, and that doesn't count work. Doesn't, can't, can't count work. Five hours of screen time a day. Watch one hour of TV a day. This is a big one for me. In, in a given week, I watch two games. Look, that may, that may seem like, oh, big concession, you know. But that's a big deal, you know. Last week, the, the playoffs, the baseball playoffs were on. Ole Miss was playing football. The Saints got a big game. I got to make a decision. And um, watch one game. And here's what, here's what you'll find, because here's what I did. I made it to the end of the week, and I'm like, wow, that was no big deal. <laughs> and I actually enjoyed the afternoon a lot more, not checking to see if something was here or something was there. And it was a little bit of a, of a relief to say, and that I haven't made it through the weekend without checking my email yet. I've already blown that. But, but man, it just feels good to feel like I'm going to get to that when I get to it. What's worse about it all, and this is where, where, where he's really getting at in the passage, is that we're allowing good distractions. Sometimes it's even family, but usually it's things like dishes and chores and stuff like that. We're allowing good distractions to keep us from God. How many times did you read your Bible this week? Did you invite anyone to church this week? Um, did you share your faith with someone? Did you practice sharing your faith? You know, everything you want to get good at, you practice. You know, did, you, did you say, you know, what would I say if someone wanted to know about my faith? Because I find that to be really important. Spending time doing that. Did you decide, decide to serve someone and go do it? And I think often, you, 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 most weeks, you've got to say no to a lot of those. And I would say, man, really, what's keeping us from doing that? And we'd say, gosh, you know, I don't know. Just this and that. Just, just here and there, I don't know, this and that. I don't set my alarm so I don't get up, you know. Just all kind of little things I can't even name. And, and they're just little bitty distractions that keep me from, from doing all the things that God has called me to do. And all those distractions keep me from sitting at the feet of the Father. Um, let me tell you, I get order anxiety. Anybody get that? Anybody get order anxiety? Like you go to order and you're like, God, I don't know what I want. Come to me last. Does anybody get that? God, I get that big time. Uh, when I go to the drive-thru, I like when they've got the two menus so you can see what you want ahead of time, and I like when there's somebody ahead of me. Because I literally will get up there and I'm like, I want bananas. <laughs> I just really freak out. Sometimes Jess drives if she knows we're going through the drive-thru because I cannot order. It's a real, real struggle. Um, We'll do that sometimes. You know, I really struggle. Sometimes if I go to a restaurant, i got to get real casual with the waiter so I can really be comfortable and really ask all the questions that I have. If you ever see me go to a restaurant, I'm not flirting with the waitress. I just really got to get comfortable. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's fear of missing out. I don't have any idea. I do it everywhere. Taco Bell, um, Commander's Palace, you know, it doesn't matter where it is. I don't know what to get. Um, Here's what I do sometimes, though. Sometimes if we're going to go somewhere, I'm like, where are we going? I look at the menu ahead of time. I survey all the options. It's a real problem. I don't know why I have it. Um, And I'll decide, you know, I'm going to get the nachos. I'm totally getting the nachos. (laughs) I feel like Jennifer really has this struggle. Um, I'm going to get the nachos. That's what I'm getting. And then I get to the restaurant, 
And, and then some guy, I'm so ready to order, and some guy next to me gets like a soup. And I'm like, oh, God, that looks good. <laughs> and then I get anxiety all over again, even though I already decided. So then I'm like, you know what, just give me the soup. No, give me the nachos. No, give me the soup. And then I get the soup. And then they deliver the soup to the table. And I'm like, why did I get soup? <laughs> I get this real, like, I can't believe I got this soup. Like, you celebrate with nachos, you know? Like, nachos are at ball games. That's fun food. And you eat soup when you're sick, you know? And here I am with the soup. And I'm so disappointed in me. And, and, and you know what? I, look, that's a huge analogy. But I really feel like sometimes in life, I know that there's one thing that's way better that I really want. And I've already decided I want the good thing. And I get one little distraction. And then I'm, you know, I'm choosing the soup. It's not what I want. It's not near as good. And I know that. But in the moment, I'm choosing the thing that I don't want to choose. On a regular basis, choosing the lesser option. When the better thing is right in front of me. Sometimes, look, and I, you, would have, you could have never told me I was like this. But sometimes if I... You know, I spend the weekend and I'm really busy doing something. And sometimes, look, I love to get away. Me and my brother went fishing, like, I don't know if um, it was, God, maybe a year ago now, I don't know. But it was a lot of fun. And I got, and I was looking forward to it. And I had a great time. And I got back and I was at work on Monday. And I was like, man, I really miss spending time with my family. You know, and I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to be like that ever. But I, you know, and it's not that the fishing was a bad thing. But sometimes, even after a weekend where I haven't seen them as much, I know what the better thing is. And I really want to invest in them. And sometimes I just choose the thing that doesn't matter near as much. Here's what Jesus said to Martha after she complained to him. He said, Martha, uh, verse 42, few things are needed. In fact, only one. He said, Martha, you're worried about a whole lot of things. But few things are needed or indeed only one. Martha was doing good stuff. If you didn't take care of guests and have good hospitality in this day and age, it was a big, big, big deal. And she was worried about important stuff. And, and, and then here's Mary, and she's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. This carries the, the connotation of like sitting at the feet of Jesus is not just describing where she was sitting. It means like she's sitting under his authority. She's listening to what he has to say. She really cares. That, that's what Mary's doing. And Jesus is saying, look, Martha, the food is going to pass away. You can eat later. You can prepare the house. You can do all that stuff later. But right now, you've got the Savior of the world in your living room. <laughs> and you're worried about the dishes. I mean, choose the thing that's better. And that's the thing for me, and I think that's the thing for us, is just choose what's better. I think it first comes to my family. I need to choose what's better for them. You know, sometimes when Molly was first born to me, family time was so boring. Jess would want to sit there and watch Molly coo and cough for an hour. And I was like, this is the most boring thing in the world. And even now, if I sit in the house for very long, I'm real anxious. I'm walking back. I got to sometimes 20 minutes before we leave, the car's loaded and cranked. You know, I I just got to get going. And I just had to find ways to make it fun for me. I bought a whole camper so that I could enjoy family time. Um, but, you know, and I love it. I've come to love it. I, I keep soccer balls. Our yard's full of balls. We get out there. We play kickball. But, I, you know, I built a whole swing set so we could swing. I needed ways to enjoy it. And, and, and that was me choosing family. And I think we've got to choose what's better. And secondly, choose faith. Uh, scripture says, heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away. So many of the things that we choose to get distracted by 
absolutely pass away. All of those things come and they go, but Jesus says the one thing that stays forever is the one thing that we spend so little time being concerned with, and that's our faith in the things of eternity. And in doing so, we miss out on the grace, one of the greatest parts of our existence, and that's just being with the Father. Things that are distracting you, they're not that important. You know what's better. Choose those things. Let me tell you four things to do. I already gave you some things, right? But if you want to knock those, take these. I didn't plan on, you know, giving you so many, but these were really good. These are the actual four that I tried to do this week, okay? Um, here we go. Number one, take 15 minutes every day to be alone with Jesus. And don't look at your phone until you do. Don't look at your phone until you do. So when you wake up, don't look at it. Don't look at it until you get those 15 minutes. For some days, it's in the car. I get to work. I sit in the car for 15 minutes. look like a real weirdo just hanging out in the parking lot. And sometimes I get to do it at home. Sometimes, you know, I I get to get into my office and shut the door. I get there early enough. But spend the 15 minutes before you do anything else. Give it a week and see if it doesn't reshape your whole attitude and your whole bent for the better. 15 minutes before you do anything else, before you get on your phone. Um, keep your phone in your pocket and check it at set intervals. You know, we already talked about that. Like, just don't even check it. You, know, you can see who's calling you if it's an emergency, but to just check it at set intervals. This was an interesting one. I don't struggle with this as much, uh, but Jess, she's unfollowing people all the time on Facebook, all right? Um, unfollow people that you envy. Unfollow people. If you're looking at somebody's stuff and you're going, oh, I can't stand them. I can't believe they do that. Can you believe they bought that? And uh, unfollow all the people that give you trouble. Don't let that be a source of anxiety. Unfollow all the people that you envy. And the last one was this. So I said, take 15 minutes before you get on your phone to spend time with Jesus. Keep your phone in your pocket. Unfollow the people you envy. And here's a big one. And and this is more big picture, but review your priorities often. What do I need to do to be faithful? What do I need to do to be a better father, husband, wife, mother, sister? What do I need to do to be better? Do this with people. I think this is best done in a small group because I can say, you know what I need to do to be better? You know what's best for me sometimes? I air out all the things I need to do better to you guys so that way I know somebody knows (laughs) that I've got to do something better. Air that stuff out in front of people who can help you and hold you accountable and pick you up with it. Um, no No amount of time management, no amount of focus, Will, will allow you to uh, cover all your distractions and make it all the way around to being a great family member, a great friend, and a great follower of Jesus. There's just not enough time for it. And you've got to begin, we've got to begin to say no to some distractions to begin to say yes to the best things. Let me pray. God, I praise you. Um, I, even this whole week, I, I just I thank you for prayer. Man, this is really a time with eyes closed to say, God, there's nothing else I'm doing right now. I'm not looking at anything else. And the only thing that can bother me now are are maybe some thoughts, but I'm giving those to you right now. So I thank you for the reset that is prayer and that we get to just forget some of those distractions. God, I pray that all the little things that we can do, we would begin to do those to eliminate distractions. Because I know that I know that I know that you have a better life and a better existence planned for us when our focus is on the things that matter. And so, God, I pray that we would be people that would do that. Amen.
Let's stand as we sing our last song. I love how if you read further in the Luke, Luke account, Lazarus, uh, Lazarus passes away and Mary and Martha come to Jesus and they say things to him. It's amazing how when those 